0: Time for Lime Ninja Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to episode number 3 of Lime Ninja Radio. I'm your host McKay Rippey and here with me is my producer Aurora. Hello. And today's episode features Dr. Sarah Jernigan, who is the owner of Jernigan Nutraceuticals. She's a very interesting uh, producer of herbs and herbal formulas, and has a real feel for plants. She wild crafts them, which means she goes out into the wild and collects as many of the herbs as she can, and will supplement them with some purchased herbs. But she has she has a real feeling for nature and its connection to healing Lyme disease. But before we do that, we have a new section of the show that I'm really excited about. It's the ninja fact of the day. And Aurora, why don't you tell us What today's ninja fact is.
0: Today's ninja fact is ninja fact number 19. Ninjas don't churn butter. They roundhouse kick the cows and the butter comes straight out.
1: I bet you didn't know that about ninjas. Aurora, why don't you tell us a little bit about (laughs) Dr. Jernigan?
0: Yeah, sure. For the past 17 years i'm glad
1: you're laughing close. <laughs> i'm afraid people maybe thought that we were serious about that <laughs> we decided to call it ninja fact of the day rather than the ninja ninja joke of the day so anyway
0: They're a little bit chuck norris y-
1: yes definitely chuck norris-esque <laughs> okay so meanwhile
0: All right, in the meantime For the past 17 years, Dr. Sarah Jernigan has made remedies that help the body overcome Lyme disease, bacterial infections, viral infections, yeast infections, allergies, toxins, and hundreds of other symptoms. Dr. Sarah and her family personally harvest from the wild the primary herbs she uses in her nutraceuticals from over 600 acres in Kansas. Dr. Sarah wants to know people who have Lyme disease to know that she is sorry that anyone would accuse them of thinking this illness is all in their heads. She believes that it takes a community, lots of love, and steadfastness to overcome Lyme disease. Her formula are the part she plays in this journey of healing. She encourages patients to trust in their health care providers, keep their hearts free from anger and bitterness, and know they are worthy to be healed.
1: Thank you, Aurora. The other thing I want to point out is we're finally up on iTunes, so if you have an iPod or iPhone or have iTunes on your desktop computer, you can now subscribe to Lime Ninja. So just go to the iTunes store, type in the search box, Lime Ninja Radio, and you will see us right there.
0: Please subscribe.
1: Yes, please subscribe. And now for our interview with Dr. Sarah. Dr. Sarah, welcome. Thank you. It's so great to have you here. And to start out, I'd love to know how you got interested in herbal medicine.
2: Um, well, it started off that um, my former husband and I were trained to be chiropractors, and we had we would have patients coming in with a stack, a file that was like two inches thick. and we're looking at it thinking, how can I adjust this person any different than anybody else has in the last five years? And um, so that got us to asking questions, like, why can't they hold their adjustments? And then um, when I got pregnant, um, I got adjusted all the time, but I couldn't hold my um, adjustments, and I was feeling like a, an old lady, and, and so then I got treated by a doctor who does more biological medicine he was a chiropractor but he did more biological medicine and I was transformed in just one visit and so so then that just started getting us into more biological medicine and functional medicine because it's we just said you know we could tell, like as you as an acupuncturist, um, you know, you might have pain in your shoulder. And as a chiropractor, I can adjust that shoulder, adjust the neck, do ultrasound and everything. But if you have parasites in your small intestines and it's referring pain up to your shoulder, you'll never get rid of that pain. And then it just kept seeming like the patients that kept coming into their clinic and our clinic um, just needed more than than what everybody else had been offering, and I guess because we kept asking questions, um, we just God just kept directing us to different answers. And then we had gotten an all expense a- paid trip to Germany. We were like the only chiropractors, and we were amongst a bunch of medical doctors. And Vala and Valida wanted to teach everybody how they use their. How they make their homeopathic formulas to help the body, um, you know, heal itself, and so they taught us how they um, process the herbs and how they make their
1: formulas to make the homeopathic remedies.
2: Yeah, to make the homeopathic remedies, um, and then did I? Don't, why do I? Why do I think they also made herbals? But I, I'm trying to. And boy, that was so long ago, but anyway, that that's what taught us how to do the herbals. And um, but you know, when you process the plants, anyway, so they taught us how to how energetically, like um, when they they could they could show energetically how um, somebody handling the plants could affect the process of the plants, and they had this thing where um, somebody was like the gatekeeper, and if they could tell that you had a fight with your wife or you were sick or you were stressed out, you couldn't go touch the plants that day.
1: Okay. So and- hold on, because this is this is really, really important, and I think it gets lost. So I think when okay. a lot of people take herbs, they just assume that somebody's buying a bunch of stuff from China and or, or wherever, Korea, and they just you grind up the powder, throw it in there that, but anybody who's yeah. been in nerds for a little while knows that the processing is so important, but you're saying there's a whole nother level and not only how you're processing it, when, but who's processing and what mood they're in.
2: Right. Right. Because the energy transfer, but it's not like I'm, I'm it's um, well, it's, it's being respectful of the plants because there's so much research on the living energy of plants and how they produce so much living force. And so, so that's why you like, even you're treating patients and stuff, you like to have plants in your room so they can absorb some of that negative energies that the patients come in with. They actually can protect you. But there's a lot of research on that.
1: I do. But, I have plants in my office. <laughs> <laughs> so, they're, they're happy plants, too.
2: They, Yeah. And um, so when you draw, take, like, dried plants and make a remedy, uh, the plant has been oxidized and it's dried and it's lost a lot of its vital force. And it's not saying that. It's not good for you or it can't do anything. It's better than nothing. But what I try to do is that um, if I can have it the way I want it's like I love to harvest right after a rainstorm. I I like all that electricity in the air and the, the, the plants have been washed off and they have all that charge from all the lightning and stuff. And then I like to... And, and I tell the plants, thank you for, you know, for taking care of lots and lots of people. You're going to have, you're going to heal a lot of people and you have a purpose. So I need your energy up. <laughs> and so, and then I harvest them and then I process them in about an hour to two hours. I, I don't let them um, oxidize or, you know, it's... And so the, the harvest time is usually short because I need to process it quickly. And, um, and I think that has – and my intent behind making the remedies is, is important because it's not about making money. It's about I, I need to get my doctors the best tool that they can have so they can help more people. Right. And so that's how I look at it.
1: So how many herbs do you grow on your farm, in your garden?
2: Uh, I'm don't have to grow a thing. Everything is just is called wildcrafting.
1: Oh, I, very cool.
2: Yeah, I, I just go get it. And
1: so and- talk. So I I know enough about wildcrafting to be really ignorant about it. So uh-huh. when you're going to wildcraft, I mean, you do have to you have to know the area you're in, and you don't just go and just hack down the plants that you need, right?
2: Right, so on my 10 acres, I got um, a good source of a lot of those plants. But then my parents have 600 acres out in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. And so I have that um, accessible to me. And then um, there's one plant, it's called Cuscuta. It's a parasitic vine, and um, it's like an orange spaghetti thing. And in some parts of the United States, it grows everywhere, but in Kansas, it's hard to find so that is one I have to keep looking for um because it never you never know where it's going to come up but um Dr. David and his wife went to Tennessee and there was all over there so um
1: did they load so th- up the car and bring it home for you?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, they're going on next Wednesday, and I'm like, okay, guys, you're gonna have to harvest because <laughs> <laughs> I can't. It, it's too wet here. It's been too rainy, so cuscute is not coming up. So, so that's one that's very tricky.
1: Have you found that? So, how long have you been harvesting like this?
2: Uh, we're working on 18 years,
1: and over those 18 years, have have you noticed things changing? Are things different?
2: In the the lime community world?
1: No, no, just stay with the herbs, like in terms of harvesting. Yeah, and, you know, is pollution worse? Is the warmer weather worse?
2: Well, that's a good question because um, that it's like I have a recipe, okay, for everything, and I stick to it pretty good, but... Some years are just different than others. And so the best way I can explain it, it's like, it's like always creating uh, a wine, you know, it's never the same from year to year. And so I have to innately know that this, I I tweak it. Uh, Every, every batch is tweaked, you know, because I need, because I just know in my heart when it's just right, you know, and so um, Can you taste it? it? Of,
1: Can you smell it? How,
2: oh yeah, I I, it's, it's, I definitely um, take more medicine than I probably should take because like, <laughs> I'm always tasting it, you know, to make sure it's just right, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's more of a I need that energy just right, so it's um, so it does the tools right, and so the plants don't grow the same every year, you know, and so you you just have to know. Um, how it's like I said, the best way I can explain it is like, you know, doing wine and, and just knowing, you know, being a master, I, I don't know what that word is, but just knowing when the wine is just right.
1: Yeah. That's, it's a, that's a great analogy. It really makes it crystal clear. I understand now what you're talking and, about.
2: Yeah. And so, the, so it makes it hard for me to be like real, all scientific and, and analytical about, my product, because, you know, like the research says, and then it has this, 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 uh, because it's, it's those who can test remedies and know what is priority onto the body. It just doesn't matter what the research says, because the research was probably 10 years ago on a product that you're making now, and it's just not the same. And so if you can physically test remedies onto people, then you always know you're giving the right remedy to that
1: person. That's great. I, it's, it's funny. This is one of my pet peeves, uh, with talking about human beings and health is we have in the back of our mind that we're machines. And, right. And this all came about with railroads and, hmm. and trying to synchronize time so people would know when they could meet the railroad, essentially, and and get packages and people across the country. So we came up with this idea of standardized time, and and so and so this whole idea of clockwork became a behind the scenes organizing thought that just pervades everything. You know, it's what allowed uh, uh, the Model T and Ford to put everything together. But people aren't. Machines. We're not a clock. We don't operate the same every day,
2: right? And so when, um, so when somebody asks me, okay. Well, what protocol should I be put on for Lyme? It, it really, really is hard for me to um, say this is what you should do. Even though we've written books and even though we've done ebooks and everything, in our heart, we just like going, if you are in front of us and I could touch you and, and listen to your case history, it's totally different. We just To us, that's called cookbook um, doctoring it's hard to find practitioners that have this kind of viewpoint. So we do the best we can to at least give a, like a recipe or a formula, but like, please know, this isn't the law, right. you know, <laughs> it's just a place to start.
1: Do you do any trainings for chiropractors or herbalists or acupuncturists? Um, or well,
2: Doc, uh, Dr. David Jernigan does, okay. and um, and so that's through the Hansa Center, mm-hmm. and um, and now he's got three doctors in the clinic. so it's it's allowing him to have more time to do more teaching like that. So hopefully, there's going to be more um, training available um, like that. Um, since I did this one video, I've gotten a lot of people seeing, I wish you would do more videos
1: and so, <laughs> I'm one of them, by the way,
2: I know and so, um, and I could do that, you know, I just, I, I, and you know, just like. Well, I can go off on it. But just somebody asking me about Silfitrin and about can they use it for their teething for their babies. I mean, of course you can't, you know. And and I was just I just went off on a like a two minute spiel on on you know, like using the acupuncture points and putting it on, you know, for the part of the teeth and and um you know, inside, outside. I mean, internal, external. And, and so I just know these little tricks of these products that I, that most people don't know about. So, and, and, and it's make and you know, the FDA makes it hard to say anything really about it. Yeah,
1: that's uh, true. So, but I'm here doing this podcast, so you can do a YouTube that's video. Right.
2: That's right. I'm going to encourage right. you
1: just swing out there. <laughs>
2: That's right. And then, and
1: then at the end, you just put the little disclaimer that I'm not a doctor and I go see a doctor and you all should go see doctors.
2: That's right. right? <laughs> That's right. So my self
1: attorney Yeah, people will do what they're going to do.
2: Yeah, because my self attorney is really
1: good for teething. Yeah, is just- it great stuff?
2: Yeah, it's a great pain reliever. Hmm. It's one plant. That is just one plant that it's a pain reliever. It helps with um, poison ivy, so it's analgesic. And it's the main plant that's in my neuroanatox formulas that help get the neurotoxins away from um, out of the body that's causing all the the fatigue and the muscle pain and the ammonia in the brain. Yeah. Just one plant. It's amazing to me. I, I I think I'm in awe more than anybody else is. <laughs> well,
1: I could tell you you love you love the plants. It makes such a big difference to have that kind of relationship, working relationship with them. Yeah. Intimate relationship.
2: Is yeah. I mean, it's they amaze me. Yeah. You know. So, because most people just mow them down. You know. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> Have you been talking to my wife? She says, you mowed down my fill-in-the-blank. I said, sorry, honey. <laughs> one, one year it was raspberries. Oh, I keep no. telling her she's planting them in the wrong place.
2: Oh, no. She doesn't
1: buy it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she needs big red flags.
1: Yeah, we, well, sometimes I mow those over, too.
2: <laughs> You're like my dad. <laughs>
1: yeah, I get distracted.
2: That's funny. Yeah, those listening to those
1: podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it can be right, very, very absorbing. So one one thing I also want to bring up is, and I think it's a a brilliant strategy, is you make your herbal formulas with ethanol, but also with apple cider vinegar.
2: Right. Um the reason we i started doing that is because a lot of limeys can't handle alcohol so they were constantly asking can i boil it can i put it on a rice cracker and i I guess you can i mean um but then i just i would rather i would rather than take the alcohol remedy if they can't handle it and see if they can just put it on topically like a you know, like how you put medicine on a patch mm-hmm. in a patch, and you just a transdermal. And I'd rather them just put it transdermally on the feet or on the spine or on the earlobes. You know, just rub it into those uh, reflex points or acupuncture points. And um, but um, the apple cider vinegar came to me as a way to take the same herbs and. Um, extract them, but it was kind of one of those things where I was trying to get away from the alcohol. So they had an option, but when you use the apple cider vinegar, it enters in the body totally different than alcohol does. And so it doesn't have quite the same, um, uh, the the same thing as alcohol because the alcohol goes directly in the bloodstream and this one goes more towards the gut, And, but it, so, but the gut is like your second brain anyway. And, um, um, and so, so I'm, again, I'm just as amazed as everybody else is how well it works. I mean, I. I just have people who just are just so incredibly thankful because they just didn't have any other options and their symptoms are going away. And and so if you can handle both, I would rather always everybody just take at least one apple cider vinegar remedy. So we're getting into the gut issues, you know, and then if you want to take four other alcohols, that's great. But I always like to have one apple cider vinegar in the regime to get into the intestines.
1: That's so important, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. Especially with Lyme, you tracked everything. You're just a magnet.
1: It's that's a good way of putting. It. I've never heard that analogy, but that's <laughs> it seems to bring to the surface every problem you've ever had or thought about having. Lyme disease will bring to the surface. I, it's
2: it's horrible. It's just horrible.
1: So when did you first start? Kind of also, I'm going to say you're a specialist in Lyme disease. When? How did that mm-hmm. come about?
2: Uh, it just was – we just kept getting patients after patients after patients who had been to all the medical doctors. They had all the lab tests, and everybody told them that it was all in their head. And um, and so because of the way we can figure out what remedies work on people, it, we were able – it was just kind of um, – we just kept asking the right question, I guess you would say, until we were able to find out what was the right formula to put together for these people. And so, so thankful. I mean, they were patient with us, but they had no other hope. I mean, no other option because everybody told them it was all in their head. And, and we would have people go um, back to their special, their MD and say they treated me for, I mean, they helped my body get um, deal with Lyme disease, and they go, well, and my symptoms are all better, and they go, well, i don't know what you had, but I know you didn't have Lyme. you know they would still refute it, yeah. and so and even today my everybody knows what I do, and my best friend's husbands will get bit and have nauseous and headache and stuff like that, and even today They'll just go and go, well, we don't have Lyme here in Kansas, and and so I don't know what you have. And then at least they put them on antibiotics right off the bat because, I mean, as opposed to just tell them you have the flu, go home. Right. So at least they'll do that. But we always said, I don't know why they think bacteria has to have a passport to cross the state. Lime, you know, it's like, right.
1: what, and, it to, and it needs to have a certain uh, name tag on it too. If it's right. not the exact mm-hmm. related family of bacteria, then uh, it can't be lime.
2: No. Yeah. yeah, You know? And, and so, so that's how we kind of got into it. We were, it wasn't like we really chose it. It chose us. Yeah. And, and so then, and then as you get into it, you realize, okay, you can't just go after just the Borrelia burgdorferi and um, all the spirochetes that's related to Lyme because we could tell that the bacteria was gone, but their symptoms were still there. So then it was like, oh, it's the toxins that are affecting them. That's what they're really feeling. And so then, so then you have to... And that's where like the neurotox formulas came in, and then it's like, well, we can tell the toxins are gone, but it's like, gosh, you got all these mycoplasms and prions and viruses and yeast and mold and fungus, you know, and so you just kept you know and barnella it just you just and so you just keep we just kept adding to the regime because we could see that um you know. Like I said, it was like you're like a magnet, <laughs> unfortunately, and um, and you have to take it very, 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 very serious. It's not something you can ever play around with, and I think that's the hardest thing with Lyme people because if you had cancer, it's like they, it's like yes, ma'am, yes, sir, you know. But when you have Lyme, they go, well, okay, maybe, you know, <laughs> they just don't take it serious enough. And so it's hard
1: it It's brilliantly said, so Dr. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for your time. I have one last question for you, and since okay. you're you're in love with all of your herbs, it might be very difficult to ask. but right now, today this evening what's what's your favorite formula? What are you in love with most?
2: Um, I think the neuro antitox formula is because. There's nothing out there that does that job. There's a lot of products out there that can handle bacteria, viruses, fungus, but hardly anything out there can actually deal with the neurotoxins, like the neuroantitox formula can, whether it's herbal or whether it's um, pharmaceutical.
1: Fabulous. And if people wanted to learn more about that, what's your website?
2: Um, it's Nutra, J-N-U-T-R-A dot com. You can get it through Jernigan dot com, but Nutra is easier to type out.
1: It certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. Sarah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Well, thank you. What impresses me about Dr. Sarah is this intimate knowledge that she has about her craft and about the ingredients that she uses for her nutraceuticals.
1: Are you talking about her wild crafting?
0: I am indeed talking about her wild crafting. That's for me. That's some real dedication out that that she's displaying to just for quality for for just about everything. Because yeah, you
1: bring up quality. It's such an issue with Chinese herbs. There's so many pesticides that can be used. Uh, they can be adulterated uh, with with dyes, with other chemicals, with even other pharmaceuticals. So you really need to know the source. And she goes beyond just knowing the source; she goes right to the plant and the soil itself to choose which herbs she's using.
0: Yeah, and it's so sometimes it can be so difficult to do that for wild plants. Uh, I remember when I was little. Uh, I had a horse, his name was Frankie, and he had wild apples in his pasture. And I remember, uh let's see, I must have been 11 or so, uh, and going along in September and trying to collect apples from his pasture, thinking, oh, I would make applesauce or something like that. And I would take a bite. Most of the time, I had no idea if these apples were going to be good or if they were going to be so sour or so mealy that I had to spit them out again. So the fact that Dr. Sarah can go out into the wild and collect her herbs and know that they will be good is just very impressive to me.
1: It really is impressive. And if you want to learn more about Dr. Sarah, we have all the links up on the Lime Ninja Radio website. How do you get hold of those links in the show notes, Aurora? Uh,
0: You can get to them. uh, Just go on to LimeNinjaRadio.com. Click on the episode and you'll be taken to the page with the show notes and with all the relevant details.
1: Great. We're also on iTunes, so please download us onto your iPhone or iPod or to your desktop and while you're there on iTunes, please rate this episode and the show and leave some comments for us. And if you have feedback, especially if you have negative feedback, we're very, very interested in hearing what you have to say to make this podcast something that you want to come back to every week and listen to. So what's our feedback address?
0: You can reach us at uh, feedback at limeninjaradio.com.
1: That's feedback at limeninjaradio.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.
0: Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and are considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Line Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.